Coveted hour, that's what Frank calls it. Although he says it with a bit of resignation. When we wrap up the 11 o'clock hour, I always hear him say, and the coveted hour is coming up next? First of all, I named it the coveted hour. It is 77 degrees in St. Louis. It's 76 in Toledo. What are you, Toledo. like a news talk guy now? It's 94 in Jupiter, 91 in Dallas, and uh, 87 in Las Vegas. Those are the five on my uh, my weather app. <laughs> Chuck, we'll get you the weather on the sixes here. Midday grind, 5 of the fan. Martin Kilquen, Charlie Marlowe, Matt Rocchio on the controls. This hour presented by Offenberg Hyundai. 30 years later, still selling Hyundais. Grandpa Offenberg started it all in 1989, the first offered up. And now you're talking about award-winning cars, and you can get it. At Offenberg Hyundai in O'Fallon, Illinois, that's Highway 64. It's a Tommy Edmonds shot away from downtown St. Louis. OffenbergHyundai.com is where you can find them on the web. Always great selection of pre-owned vehicles in addition to those great-looking Hyundai vehicles. Stop by and see them at Offenberg Hyundai. Chuck, last night at the Two Fox, I had the opportunity to be on at 9, 10, and 11. Exposure. A lot of exposure. And I noted to our uh, colleague, Zach Choate, I said, look at these rundowns. What's weird? And the TV term rundown means, you know, what's first, what's second. You've got different stories you're going to cover. The women's soccer was going on. You also had the NBA draft. The Cardinals are playing. The Pujols return. A lot of elements to incorporate into your show. Content. And I said, this feels weird. It almost feels wrong. We had no blues content. For the first time, maybe in like six months, and then, lo and behold, what's happening today? Ryan O'Reilly is appearing at the Macy's at West County Mall, and people are already lined up. Already? Yes. Wow. I believe Camo X had video this morning of people lined up. Ryan O'Reilly is making an appearance at the Macy's in West County Mall at 6 o'clock. Blues fans still hungry for more. Pat Maroon's making an appearance tomorrow. It's sort of back to normal now. I felt abnormal last night without a blues element. Shame on me for not creating one. But today, the boys are back. I was listening earlier to the Hollywood Casino Press Box as I was driving to the gym to get my quick workout in before this show. And I was listening to you guys talk about Ryan O'Reilly and how he could be kind of the next, and maybe he already is, but it was one year. And the things he did in one year, obviously unbelievable helping bring the first cup and best player in the regular season and Con Smythe. If you just think about what he could mean to St. Louis, though, I think you said what, or was it maybe it was Doug Vaughn this morning, but kind of comparing him to Kurt Warner and Adam Wainwright and how they also talk with the media. But just think about him if he's here for five, six, seven, eight years. Everybody loves this guy already after one year. I mean, he's going to kind of just own this town. Uh, Chuck, not only from the gym, but clean shaven. For the first time, much like our rundown, not having blues, you do not have facial hair for the first time since? Since my vacation early in the blues postseason. So it actually wasn't a playoff beard. It was a lazy vacation beard. And then I let it go. My wife actually prefers the beard. I sent her a picture after I shaved, and she said she didn't like it. And it's funny because... Not a lot you can do at that point. Correct. It's already done. What's done is done. And you said, kind of a la Pat Maroon, when you shave your beard... You look much younger. I think right off the bat, it's just kind of so different. You look weird, but it reminded me a little bit of, of Tommy Edmond because he hits the bomb. That dude, and give him credit because he's a baller, but he looks like he's about 16 years old. Match game, maybe a little bit of Matt Bowman. Can I sell you on that? Didn't he just get a win the other day for the Reds, Matt Bowman? Sounds right. I think he did. 
Looks a little like Tommy that. Edmond. Edmond looks a little like Matt Bowman. That was one of the highlights on Thursday. Tommy Edmond's two-run shot. First career home run. That's a pretty memorable home run. Your team's trailing 5-3 to three in what was a long, just kind of a dragged-out game before it got to extra innings. I think it was almost four hours before extra innings. But Tommy Edmond, good for him. First big league home run, two-run ride. Tied it at five. And what a weird game that included... Another Marcelo Zuna moment in left field where he just sort of dropped the ball, kind of reached for it. It kind of hit the glove, and they ruled it a double. Pitchers can't be too happy about that. You had a Wainwright start, which was going pretty well. He had given you five innings, one run. I think they pushed a little bit in the six, ends up giving up three earned runs. He also scored a run, but the hamstring, remember he's on the IL with the hamstring, as he was running the bases, he's kind of half limping around there. I don't know if he re-injured or if it's just going to be an issue. for. It was a weird visual to see Wainwright limping around the bases, but that's how you tied it. Andrew Miller gives up the go-ahead bombski to a left-handed hitter, which is, you're thinking, to his advantage. All of that said, Charlie, it comes down to one moment. Molina's hit makes it a one-run game. You pinch run for Yachty. Of course you do. Great player, not a great not a fast guy. Is that fair? I think that's fair, right? Yadier Molina. I not think a you fast can guy. say, hey, great instinctual base runner, 100%, but not fast. And I think Yadi wouldn't even take offense to that. 100%. He probably takes offense to almost everything, but I think he's good with it. 100%. You pinch run for him in that situation, which they did. And Jack Flaherty. How, how possible is it that twice in one week a Cardinal game would end with Jack Flaherty being the out on the base pass, one of your starting pitchers, the game ends on him on the base pass. It happened Saturday in New York trying to score him as a pinch runner gets out at the plate. That's how the game ends. And then last night, there's just no way to paint it. Danny Mack sounded so disgusted. I think it was the way to handle it, too. He just said, post game's next. He just sounded really pissed, which he should have been, because it appeared Flaherty just kind of zoned out for a second. He's your pinch runner. That's your tying run. You're not saying that he's going to score and tie it. You probably lose that game anyway. I don't know what the metrics or the stats would tell you. You're down a run. For him to score would take a big hit. Then you still have to go on and win it. That only ties it. So it's not that he lost the game, but boy, the optics on that. In the same game where Ozuna's spaced out, it just looked sloppy. And I I uh, rewound that a million times because you could see that. The second, it was just perfect timing by Romo when he wheels to make that throw. Because the second Flaherty looks to the base to see where the defender is, the second he does that, Romo wheels. And that's why when Flaherty then looks back to Romo, Romo's already thrown the ball, and he was obviously out there. I just want to say this. This this is not results-oriented. I don't ever like, and I would, I would say this, I would say this if Flaherty would have scored from first the other day and if he'd have scored yesterday. I don't like pitchers pinch running. I don't like pitchers hitting. I don't like when Max Scherzer gets hit in the face bunting because in 2019, pitchers are paid to pitch. And going back, remember when Joe Kelly fell going around the bases? All I'm saying is this. Will they get injured? Is it only maybe a half a percent of the time? I don't want my pitchers who are paid to go out there every fifth day, and when they hit free agency, they're making $20, $25, $30 million a year for the elite guys. I don't want them running the bases. Jack Flaherty. Do you mean from a risk standpoint? Yes. 100%. 100%. And I don't I don't care. I don't care if if sometimes they're safe. I just don't like that. Because also, that's not what they train to do. I understand you go out there, you run polls and all that. 
But Jack Flaherty and the, the pitchers out there, they're paid to pitch, and all of their training is geared towards pitching every fifth day. It's not – okay, they go out there and hit every once in a while, and they run the bases, they run poles. That's not what they're paid to do. What Overall, like, they're not good at that. Well, and it appears Flaherty – now, I know Mike Schultz said we didn't prepare him properly – all these guys, though, whether or not it, your topic is a different one where it's a risk factor, maybe it's not a smart idea to do it. All these guys have played baseball their whole lives. They should know not to get picked off. They should know what to be into. They don't do it a whole but lot. But when's the last time Jack Flaherty probably ran the bases on a consistent basis? I guarantee you it was high school. That's all I'm saying. So you're saying not only the risk factor, but also maybe they're not that good and at it. And it's not just Flaherty. I'm saying this happens all the time. They used they to used do to Kyle Loesch all the time. Carlos Martinez. All I'm saying is I just, look, I get it because of roster construction. You run out of guys. Some of these pitchers are fast. I just, I think there's a lot of risk there. When you play the Marlins, I, I do think you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So when you play the Marlins, you beat the Marlins, all of us, you, me included, to, oh, that's only the Marlins. Took two or three last week. Yeah, but Marlins kind of suck. But then when you lose to them, it's <laughs> mag. What did you, you lost to the Marlins? You split a four-gamer? So you played them seven times over a week and a half, and you went four and three. That's not that impressive. But when you beat the Marlins, everybody says, well, they're terrible. Why wouldn't you beat them? They were 20 games under 500. It's a little early to be 20 games under, but they did it going into last night's game. But to be fair, and I feel like we said this yesterday after they had the Paul Goldschmidt game-winning homer, it's also it's about the process. Like You should be able, if you're an elite team, if you play the Marlins seven times, Maybe you win six, maybe you win five, and the run differential is very good in your favor, right? You should beat the bad teams if you're an elite team. And that's why even if they beat the Marlins two to one in an extra inning game, you kind of say to yourself afterwards, okay, you can only beat the teams in front of you. I'm glad the Cardinals won a couple nights ago. Paul Goldschmidt had his moment. He needed it. The team needed it. But again, if you play that same way, if you hit that same way, if you, from a starting pitching standpoint, if you throw that way against the Braves, against the Phillies, against the Dodgers, the Reds, against the, Reds, against the Brewers, Cubs, are you going to win those games? The answer is no. Paul Goldschmidt saved you what could have been a really bad loss with that big hit. Tommy Edmonds saved you from what would have been a quiet nine-inning loss, a lengthy nine-inning loss, but Tommy Edmonds made it more interesting and extended the game. But to your point, when you're playing... So, so ball against the Marlins, you only wonder what would that would look like. And that's why when you look at the standings and say you're only three games back, I think that there's genuine concern. Like, gosh, maybe, sure, you're only three back, but nobody feels too encouraged. And when you split with the Marlins, the optics are are bad, whether it's the optics of Ozuna and left, and I know he won a gold glove, and I know he's been better. It's just too many moments like that. And then Flaherty, the optics from that game are like, is this really a playoff team? And there's a long way to go. They may win the World Series. Nobody knows. But, boy, it, it had a bad look to it. And, look, if, if you're a competitive baseball team, it's almost hard to not be about three games out of the wild card. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we are living in a second wild card world where if you're around 500 or a game or two above 500, you're almost always going to be in it, right, until the last week of the season, except for a weird year like last year in the American League where you just had three unbelievably dominant division winners. For the most part, you're going to be probably within five games down to the final couple weeks. And I just think for the Cardinals in 2019, you can't do that. Now, could you do that if you had built up equity 
the year before in winning a World Series or going to the World Series or having that stretch where the Cardinals were great and went to the playoffs five years in a row? Yes. But again, this is the same thing we've seen now for three and a half years. And I, I just I don't think you can sell the fan base on we're a couple games above 500. We're right in it. You know, we're three, four out of the division. We're two, three, four out of the wild card when this is year four of kind of the same thing. Triad Bank brings you take it to the bank. And by the way, the weather, I don't know if Chuck's weather app is working. It's turned. It has turned. Uh, Winds are whipping. Uh, The Kirkwood Studios, the rain is coming down. It appears to be coming down in sheets. I don't know if it's going to clear later, but it is an ominous looking sky with rain and wind outside. Triad Bank bringing you take it to the bank. And I like a good grab bag, Charlie, for our texters. A lot of topics to throw out there, and then they can just kind of gravitate so the questions would be this. Should Charlie have shaved his beard? Beard or no beard, just in general. Beards are really popular right now. Like Zach Choate, I believe, sort of shaved his beard, but he kind of still has a beard. Can I just say real quick, though? I'm going on a vacation in three weeks where, again, I will not shave for a week and probably grow the beard back. So, so the Blues are going to win the cup in August. Correct. That's how I sold it to my wife. Uh, beard or no beard. And also sock or no sock. A lot of people were noting that Ryan O'Reilly winning the award. That's a thing now? That's in style now. That started... Um, Rocchio, correct me if I'm wrong, really started with the NBA draft last year. Most of those guys did not wear socks in the summer, and I'm all for it. And it's a video that the Blues put out that's behind the scenes of O'Reilly. He's in his hotel room, and he actually puts on, there are like a little footy socks, so he is wearing some kind of sock, but then it's the no-sock look. Well, yeah, you got you to gotta wear the socks uh, you got to wear the no-show socks so that way you don't like stink up your shoes. You ruin too bad. your shoes, yeah, right? You ruin your shoes if, you, if it's really sweaty. The sweat is really bad for you if you're wearing like leather shoes and stuff like that. But yeah, the sockless looks it works, man. I'm I mean, a big I, fan I, of no socks. I'm doing it right now. But I need the footies to go with. It looks. I just think it looks. It's one thing to be in loafers or in the summertime. It does look weird when you're wearing a suit. I disagree I, with that. Disagree. All right, no sock, no beard. You text. This is also, I think, Which, an age you, thing. There was there's also a lot of no tie. I love that, one. And, and that's that's one that I it is it is kind of aging, but it's definitely in the last three or four years. I mean, it's been the the you know the loafers have become very popular in the last like five or six years, and so obviously when you got a loafer, you're not going to wear any socks. And overall, just the length of pants, it's now it's 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 raising up a little bit. Like high waters are almost in. Yeah, it's, it's raising up a little bit, which I feel uncomfortable because I remember being the kid who got, like, hand-me-downs when I was little, and if your pants were, like, too high or, like, too long, you got roasted at school. But now it's, like, that's the thing you got, that's the thing you got to be doing. Are you saying my corduroys are out of style? Was that no, no, that little corduroys bit of spags are always there? in style. It was, like a little, it was, like, little kid spags. There's something about making noise when you walk. It's, it works. This is what's crazy about this. And it gets back to the NBA draft. Because if it you... It does? Hold on. Listen, listen. If you go back and look at, like, the 2000s, the LeBron years and all that, and that's when I'm coming up through high school, college... A lot you were of coming fabric, of age. A lot of fabric was in big three button suits. You see some of these suits, baggy. Well, yeah, I mean, especially they in the nineties, ridiculous. Yeah. And, that, and, that was the, and that was the style. It was and more now, baggy, and now it's all tight. Now it's more euro. Yep. Now, now it's, it's real Euro-cuts. tight. Not a lot of fabric and showing off the ankle there. Trust in the, me, no socks. I learned a lot about that as, as I started buying nicer clothes, and I'm a bigger guy, so I'm like everything's just like euro cut, and you're like, how do I buy? Clothes correct. I, I, I actually literally learned to start like looking up the different 
full like sizes of like different places uh, like that I, that I shop like full on like what is their chest measurements on a large compared to another place's chest measurements on an extra large i actually started looking that stuff up because everything's so different and the littlest thing says euro cut or slim cut or or custom cut i have no idea it just everything changes now so yeah hard. the tight fit slim look yep. look so around this room martin charlie rocky maybe not I disagree. Uh, in it our still looks favor. better. Honestly. No, it does look better. It but, looks but way better. But you got to be particular. Also, also looks. Also makes you look even worse. Well, I, I, like a good, I like a good baggy shirt. No, the jacket is key, though. The jacket to kind of cover up the places you want to cover up with the, with the nice sport coat. Uh, no beard, yes or no. No socks, yes or no. Also, the pool's ovation. What's your plan for tonight? Are you going to the game? Level of interest. We talked about it yesterday. Frank went 90 seconds. On the ovation, I, I think it's. I'm pushing the over. Can you set an over under for us, Charles? Yesterday on Twitter, I threw it out there, and yeah, I were said, you drinking last night? You were tweeting a whole bunch, like at one stretch. Maybe uh, around six o'clock. Oh my god! No, I that was, I'm not the only person who thought that. I, I looked down at one point. <laughs> hold I, on. I was I was home for a minute because Carson had a baseball practice. Let me check I was this. Going into work, and it was like six o'clock, and he was just tweeting, tweeting, tweeting. I'm like, he's sitting on the back patio, crushing some drinks, you know saying, "Jess, I got to do a couple of work things. I'll be right in." And I'm like, I think he's hammered. I 100% thought a little bit differently, which I saw all his tweets. I was like, I feel like Chuck took a bad loss in betting, and he's just like trying to tweet through the awkwardness and pain, just like, getting through was, it. Yeah, there was something where he's like, he's like, he's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna complain about my betting loss on Twitter, but I gotta tweet something right now because there was a lot of it. No, and I can't, was, first of all, was, was Chuck hammered? Eight five five two eight two eighty two fifty five. I'm a huge hypocrite because I didn't shut up. Yesterday. I don't bet in the summer. I only like betting on uh, football and college basketball. I'm checking 20... WNBA plays in the summer, Chuck. Well, I don't do that anymore. I'm big on fantasy baseball in the summer. 20 hours ago, Martin, I tweeted four times in the matter of two hours. That's not that but bad. But wasn't one, and I'm forgetting, but one of them was like a... It almost read like an email letter of the day to the TMA or something. It was like a... Wasn't there a convoluted <laughs> episode where like Yachty would fall down the steps or something? like, all right, that's... That's not Charlie's typical humor. I think he's just having a little bit of fun. <laughs> no, because it was in response to, to putting out the over-under on Albert, which I set at two and a half. And then this is what I think is actually going to happen. I do think it's going to be a very long ovation. I think after a while, Albert's going to be like, come on, guys, let's hit. He's going to go to walk- turn and yell at the fans. No, he's going to walk into the box, and his, his best buddy, Yachty, is physically going to push him out of the box with a smile on his face to give him a longer ovation. That's what God, I think is going to happen. That would be a good, good prop bet. Can't what, you see that happening? A good prop bet would be what physical contact, whether it's a hug, fist pound, or actually pushing him out of the box by Yachty. And the fact that Molina kind of does whatever he wants, fair enough. Hey, I think I'll go to the Blues game. <laughs> you guys go to Chicago. I think it's perfect that he's the guy who has some sort of say in how this is going to play out because he runs the show. Let's be honest. He runs the show he should have Instagrammed today missing this guy, and it should have been a picture of him and Albert from the old days. At this point, if there isn't a moment where Albert tries to step in and Yachty stops him, I'm, I'll be disappointed because like, I've seen three or four different people throw out that scenario, and that's just what I want at this point. I take it back. Chuck wasn't drinking. He was being no, creative. Being I creative. was drinking. Thank you. Okay, I there we go. I was drinking. But let me get back to this. Because, vodka. I'm going to go listen, vodka. No, vodka no. on the rocks. No. no he was, Summer he was is gin. beer. Oh, really? Summer is beer. And listen, my father-in-law... Got me on this Select 55, which you drink it and it's like water. So you can have a few. It's oh, yeah. it's 55 calories. And you still wear the tight suits. It's 2.4% alcohol. So you'll have one, you'll be like, is this even alcoholic? 
but it's kind of a good way. It's almost like an O'Doul's, right? Oh, yeah, sure. It's like except refreshing. It is alcohol. It's just okay. like O'Doul's, except okay, it is but alcohol. Two point four percent. So if you cut the grass yesterday, I cleaned out the garage. Afterwards, you want a refreshing summer beverage, a nice little beer, and it's like it's like water beer, right? It's two point four percent. What a great endorsement for that! It's like water beer. Uh, Triad Bank, I believe, is bringing you Take It to the Bank. Text in 855-282-8255. Your chance to be a part of the show. Should Charlie shave his beard? Do you prefer a beard? Do you like no socks? What about pools? It's a Friday grab bag, Chuck. Triad Bank located in Frontenac. They're on Clayton Road, one block west of Lindbergh, right off Highway 64. Easy to get to wherever you live. And if you're looking for a bank that cares about you and actually gives you good personal service, that's what you get at Triad Bank. And if you're a business owner looking to expand, talk to them about a business loan. All of the decisions are made here. It's a St. Louis-based bank, five-star rated bank located in Frontenac on the web. It's triadbanking.com. And, Charles, you have a sponsor. for uh, Are the dogs being taken care of? Who let the dogs out? Kennelwood. They keep them right there in your yard. Kennelwood Pet Resorts is the destination for St. Louis Pets this summer, for the Invisible Fence brand, and also for the boarding, grooming, day camp. With 45 years of experience, Kennelwood knows what pet pets want and need. My dog Otis loves his vacations at Kennelwood. The staff cares for Otis and his friends when they're vacationing 24-7, 365 days per year. That is peace of mind for pet parents like me. We love Otis and want to make sure he's well cared for when he's away and I know I can trust the caring staff at Kennelwood every time we've been taking Otis there for five years. Look no further. Book your pet's vacation at Kennelwood and enjoy your vacation knowing they're in great hands with Kennelwood. Call them today, and don't forget to ask for their free pet sleepover orientation also. They do boarding, grooming, day camp, training, invisible fence brand. We've done it all at Kennelwood Pet Resorts. Next week, Martin, we're taking Otis for, like, the legit training at Kennelwood. So he stops going crazy every time the mailman comes. And also, so if somebody comes to our house to to work on something, Otis stops attacking them. That's our next goal at Kennelwood. You said we've done all of these. Have you ever done the pet sleepover? Like, you haven't gone and stayed overnight. Otis has stayed overnight. He has. Look, you have Next week, I have to be there for the training two days to help train Otis. Uh, Cardinals weekend includes the return of Albert Pools. I guess I'm going to have to say weather permitting. I mean, both of y'all's turn around real quick. Does that not look like South Florida during hurricane season? I mean, it is pouring in Kirkwood, Missouri, but weather permitting, it's the return of Pujols cards. Angels this weekend, Sunday night, it's the game of the world at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, Albert is going to hold a press conference at 4 o'clock. So all those questions, things we've been wondering, we'll hear directly from Albert Later today, I'm sure Sally's Wheelhouse will be down there to cover it for 590 The Fan. And racing over at Worldwide Technology Racetrack, ARCA and the trucks, both in town on Saturday. Just bringing everybody up to date, Chuck. That's all we do here. And the NBA draft has come and gone. And Jonte Porter of Mizzou not drafted. In a lot of mock drafts, he was going to go in the second round. Coach Grauer was on earlier with Frank. You do feel bad for the kid. Uh, blew out the ACL. Missed all of last season. I don't know if he comes back to Mizzou. I'm saying if he had not, I know that's not an option. We were talking about it off air. But had he not declared for the, I'm not sure how much that would have helped at this point, but I do feel bad. for He'll get he'll get asked into somebody's camp, but a tough night for John T. Porter, not hearing his name at all. And he can't play the entire year, right? I mean, you're talking about a guy who, look, he he went to college early, so he was always very young, and then he has now two knee injuries, and Rocchio's our NBA expert. He was probably going to be, a late first-round pick if he mm-hmm. would have left after his freshman year. And that's why, 
Look, if you can get drafted, especially in the NBA in the first round with the guaranteed contracts, you should never, never ridicule a kid for leaving. And yeah. and this is why. Because he would have got paid this past year to rehab or this next year to rehab his knee if he would have gotten injured. I mean, there's just, look, if you have a million-dollar contract waiting for you, I understand why everybody would take that, even if it's late in the first round. Right. Use that as the poster child. Any kid that says, I'm going to go. You say, if you don't, things like this do happen. Try it, bank. Take it to the bank. We'll get to some of your texts when we come back at 855-282-8255. A little later in the show, too, I thought we'd share an excerpt of Tony LaRusa talking about Albert. It's interesting to go back to spring of 2001, early in that season. Like, when did they know? Hey, not only does he make the team, but when did they say, man, this kid is probably going to be special? We'll get into some of that a little later. It is the coveted hour, midday grind on 590 The Fan. Well, I'm a drunken hearted man, the life it is misery.